Watch this immediately. Watch this immediately. Welcome, everybody. You are listening once again to Watch This Immediately, the podcast that glories in exposing the absolute depravity of its hosts. <laughs> I figured I'd try something different. <laughs> this time, maybe we should call it Now Hear This, because we're not going to be watching anything. We're going to be discussing, on one episode, one of the greatest singer-songwriters of the 20th and 21st centuries. And on the other one, Richard Marks. <laughs> but for the first one, we're going to talk about Weird Al Yankovic, a absolute force in musical comedy, and I would argue one of the most underappreciated artists of the latter half of the 20th century, latter quarter of the 20th century, and the early 21st century. I would agree. But... We're not going to be talking about what people tend to think about when they think of Weird Al Yankovic. We are going to be talking about his original material. So these are songs that are not specifically direct parodies of other songs. So not like like a surgeon or fat. Correct. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to what everyone knows, like it's all about the Pentiums or White and Nerdy or Eat It, we're going to be talking about some songs that do follow uh, do fall under the banner of parody, but not direct parody. So, um, I'm I'm Stephen. I'm one of your hosts. Manier here. Yeah. So introductions are out of the way. Yeah. This is something that I tasked you with. Correct. I created a playlist, or not a playlist. I said, "Hey, here's some songs," because I went on a tirade against Spotify. <laughs> yes. And so I gave you, I, I sent you a list of songs via Teams. I, I and created said, my own playlist. Good. That's the way I like to do things. I like to delegate. You like Spotify, you can deal with Spotify. So yes, I sent you a list of songs in Teams and said, listen to these songs. You did. And now, I did this thing. Excellent. Now, how much familiarity did you have with Weird Al Yankovic, particularly his original material before this? I had, um, I think I had probably about a slightly above average familiarity with him because, uh, like I think he had an album from 1987 that one of my friends in high school really loved. And so I, I listened to that, that particular one a few times. Was that even worse? Something like, yeah, yeah, it was even worse. You're right. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I knew that one. Then of course, all the, all the big, um, parodies that he did, like, Um, Amish Paradise and Fat and Eat It and all that. The classics. Yeah. Yeah, so I I, I knew all those. Excellent. Um, What had you known of his original material? Like, things that weren't direct parodies of of other songs? Oh, you know, besides besides what I've probably heard on Even Worse, and, and, you know, with Even Worse, I, I don't really remember much of the album because... I don't know, it was in a weird space at the time. That's fair. And it's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, this was, I mean, hell, 1997 or so hmm. that that uh, this particular friend was telling me about it. And that's crazy that this guy was still flying the flag for even worse in 1997. Yeah, no, he was, he was, uh, he was 
what one would call an iconoclast. Got to get with the cool kids, man. Listen to this Weird Al Yankovic album from 1987. I know he, he was a weird guy. He also was like super into communism and and he listened to a a conspiracy theory host called Art Bell. I remember Art Bell. Yeah, and so you know he was, as I said, my friend. Uh, he's passed on since then. Sorry to hear that. That's. Okay. It's been many years, but he lived a good life. He was listening yeah. to Weird Al. He was, he was, and so that's that's that was my familiarity with it. Okay, but uh, yeah, I I had no, I wasn't offended by Weird Al. I wasn't enamored with him. I just thought, yeah, you know, he does some good parodies. And I I don't know. As a kid, I think it's really easy to be enamored of Weird Al Yankovic. Um, I I was correct. Um, I had like all of his first, like all of his '80s albums. I had as a kid on a, t- a cassette vinyl. What are we talking? Cassette, about? yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had, yeah, I had tapes of the the first album in 3D. Um, Dare to be stupid, Polka Party, and even worse. And then later, like. Off the Deep End, which is the one with the um, Trigger Happy on it. Um, that album came out when I was in junior high, and that was like the last of his albums that I bought. Was um, that, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that was like a Nirvana? That was the cover. one with Smell Like Nirvana. It smells oh. Like Nirvana on it. So that was that was the big hit that kind of sustained him and pulled him out of doing Michael Jackson parodies. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's easy to be enamored of Weird Al Yankovic as a child. Um He's someone more to be appreciated, I think, as an adult. Whereas, you know, I, I honestly don't know if I could go and buy a Weird Al Yankovic and listen album and listen to the whole thing now, um, right. just because that's not where my head's at. As a kid, you're you're kind of amazed at the the brilliance of this guy who can create a, a song parody, and I right, I, I think he is brilliant. I think he is actually a brilliant musician. An yeah, artist. He has to be to be able to do all these different styles. Yeah, not only that, but I mean, just coming at it from a parody standpoint, because um, a lot of people look at like, oh, great. Well, yeah, if I had the song written for me, I could, you know, I could be really big in doing song parodies too. Um, but the thing is, you can't. Oh. If you think it's easy to write a parody of a song, try. It's going to be terrible. Exactly. And just coming up with a coherent theme for a parody song is. I mean, I would say it's very difficult. Yeah, it is. Because you're so constrained by the original song. Right, and exactly. And to come up with something that is anything approaching the level of of compelling that the original song was is very difficult. And the fact that he has done it so many times, because if you think of, if you can even think of any other song parodies that you've heard, like anything that stick in your mind, even if you could, do you know anyone who's done more than one that you could think of? No, probably not. Not not besides Weird Al. Yeah, and so the the idea um, that he could do that and do that successfully for as long as he has is incredible. Because his first album came out in 1981, I think. Oh my! And his most recent, which is probably the last one he's going to do, like an actual album album, came out in 2012. 
And I remember um, sitting with my dad at the movie theater watching one of the Hobbit movies. And the, um, like, as we're waiting for the, the movie to start, the, you know, there's ads running before the, the movie and everything. And one of them was for Mandatory Fun, which was his last album. And I remember saying to my dad, like, I remember you bought me a copy of Dare to be Stupid back in 1984. Could you have ever imagined that? Of all the big acts in 1984, this would be the one that's still relevant in 2012. And no, no one could have. Because, I mean, who else? I think Prince was still alive at that point, but yeah. he wasn't. This I was, mean, Weird Al, this album, I think, made number one for him. That was, uh, I mean, you know, at, the, at that point, Prince was in his... I'm just going to keep making like triple and quadruple albums and self-releasing them. Well, he was like America's funkster emeritus at that yes, point. Yes. Like everyone loved Prince, but he was not. The Mandatory Fun was a number one album, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So his biggest success was in 2012 after starting his career in 81. Wow. So just the the idea that he had been so relevant for so long is ridiculous. Um, but... The reason that we're here today to talk about this is what I think is an unheralded aspect of his, and that is his original songs and also what he refers to as his style parodies, which are not songs that are directly parodying a song. So it's not like Beat It to Eat It mm-hmm. or um, All About the Pentiums to All About the Benjamins or you know anything like that. Um, these are songs that have an influence to them, like you mentioned when we were talking about it earlier. Um, or, you know, they they are intended to be a parody of a specific style of music or a specific artist without directly um, parodying a song. Correct. And so let's get to the first one that we talked about, um, which is Dare to be Stupid. Oh, yeah. Which is a style parody of, um, damn, Devo. The moment I heard it, you know, like, like I, I listened to these songs a few times. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like Devo, I think on the second or third listen, I definitely thought Devo. Like, this sounds like Whippet. Yeah. And Mark Mothersbaugh has actually gone on record as being like, yeah, he really captured our sound. And I I like it, but I also hate it. <laughs> that he was able to just be like, yeah, this is what Devo sounds like. And that's, okay. I mean, he, he did it. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, it's just like, yeah. Because without having any context for any of these songs, I I pulled out Devo from this song. Yeah. And this, I think, is Dare to be Stupid, I think, is his best song. Mm -hmm. Like, parody or otherwise, I think Dare to be Stupid is great. And I actually, um, that is one that I will still listen to to this day, just for the enjoyment of it, because it's a really fun song. It is. It is. Because, yeah, like, every time the, the playlist looped, well, Dare to be Stupid came on. I was like, okay, okay. It's, it's just, it's a fun, infectious little song. And it's, yeah. you know, it can be laugh out loud funny in some spots. It is. Um, but it's also just, it's a really well-crafted new wave song. It is. Um, but yeah, I mean, if somebody told me, or somebody came up to ask me, like, what does Devo sound like? I might not direct them to a Devo song. I might just be like, listen to this song called Dare to be Stupid by Weird Al Yankovic. I know it's weird. But Devo sounds like that. Mm. And um, one of the other songs that we'll get to uh, sounds so much like the Talking Heads, I might also just tell someone, if you want to get an idea of what Talking Heads is like without listening to Talking Heads, listen to this Weird Al Yankovic song. Mm. But um, 
thoughts on Dare to Be Stupid? I think that yeah, I mean just just him talking about all the different ways to be stupid <laughs> is still relevant today because people still do all of those things. Yeah, if not in the forms that he's talking about, at least in the spirit. One of my favorite lines in a song ever is from Dare to be Stupid. It's like, settle down, raise a family, join the BTA, buy some sensible shoes and a Chevrolet. Yes. Then party till you're broke and they drive you away. It's okay. (laughs) You can dare to be stupid. (laughs) It doesn't mean anything. It's just funny and it's fun to sing. Yes. Yeah. I I like this song a lot. And as I said, you know, he he hit it on the head with uh, parodying Devo. Yeah. Um, and he, he, it's better that way than any direct parody of Whip It would have been. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, great one there. Um, what are the other songs? There were three songs from this album. This is the first one that I got. I remember, like, my parents bought me a copy of it, and I don't think there was any reason why. They were just like, you like funny stuff, right? This guy's popular right now. <laughs> um, uh, there was one more minute. Yes. One More Minute is kind of a parody of sort of like Elvis songs. Yeah. It was very country. Yeah, definitely. It had that, it had the definite, like, uh, that, I don't even know how to describe it, but like, like the country, is it a flute? Is it a violin? Like, what are we talking? Um, you know, like it might have, um, yeah, I, I know what the you twang, mean. The yeah. Twang. Definitely got a country twang to it, mm-hmm. um, and it, it kind of makes me think of. Have you ever seen Top Secret? Did you and I watch Top Secret? No, no, I don't think we have. We I, should, I, we I've should. heard of it, but I've not seen it. We should watch Top Secret sometime. Um, but there's a there's a parody of Val Kilmer doing a parody of uh, an Elvis song. Oh, and it sounds a lot like this. But yeah, so this is kind of like an Elvis ballad sort of thing. Yes, um, with instead of you know. Being like, baby, please, baby, please spend this night with me. Instead, it's, okay, yeah, you're leaving me. I fucking hate you. Here's all the things I would rather do than be with you any longer. (laughs) And it gets progressively more horrific and disgusting of all the ways that he would rather spend his time than being with this woman who is leaving him. I mean, I think that both of us, excuse me, have, uh, have been with women who are, who fit the bill for this song? Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, I had, I, I had a crazy ex. You had a robot. Girlfriend. I had a robot. Yeah. And so that didn't work out. Yeah. The one more minute, it uh, it spoke to me as well. It's funny and relatable. Personally, yes. I'd rather clean all the bathrooms in Grand Central Station with my tongue than spend one more minute with you. Yeah, and when that happens in like month three of like seven in your relationship is probably not destined to go the distance. It isn't, but you just you want to hold on to that high a little bit yeah, longer. You're, you're, uh, we're stupid as young men. Oh yeah, we really are. You think the good times are going to come back somehow? They're not. <laughs> they're not going to come back. Once they're gone, they're gone. <laughs> so song three off of Dare to be Stupid is This is the Life. Yes. Have you seen Johnny Dangerously? No. Okay. But um, there's a song on Fear of a Black Hat called A Gangster's Life Ain't Fun. I love that That's song. what came to my mind. Because, yeah, this, it's got that vibe. This was actually the theme song for Johnny Dangerously. Really? Hmm. Yeah. And this one is not specifically parodying any, anything other than, like, pre-swing jazz from the 20s. I can see that. So, yeah, yeah basically yeah. before black people were allowed to play jazz, this is what jazz sounded like. 
Yeah, big band was big band was kind of like baseball in the uh, in the nineteen you know forties. It's like yeah, it's got its merits, but there's no soul, no funk to it. And for the record, if anyone's listening and is angry, yes, I know that black people were playing jazz. Yes. It's just this this type of jazz kind of sucked the the soul out of it. Exactly. Um, but I don't know. I just. Uh, just, I mean, you know, the whole, like, almost the, the satire of the song, that's that's what I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the friend of mine who was really into Weird Al uh, was actually, now that I think about it, into Johnny Dangerously, probably because Weird Al wrote this theme song. Makes sense. I didn't even know that this was the, um, the theme song for a long time, because I think on the home video version, it's not on there. Um, cause I, I had it, I had a copy of it on videotape forever and this is not the song that played over the opening credits. So Interesting. I wonder why. And it wasn't until like when I got it on DVD years later, I was like, Oh, I've watched Johnny dangerously. I haven't, I bought it and I haven't watched it yet. It's like, Oh shit. I remember this is the weird Al song. I love this. Um, but yeah, it's just a, it's just a fun song. All these are just fun songs, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, I like big band jazz. This is not the type of big band jazz that I like. I like swing, big band swing, yeah. which, and this is definitely not that. And this is closer to ragtime, but, um, yeah, I, I like the whole, again, it's the, the a, ridiculous it's style, nature of it's it. It's a style parody. Yeah. And so he, he captures the style very well. Yeah. And so that's everything from dare to be stupid. And next, it um, uh, looks like we have Dog Eat Dog. Yes. And this is just straight up riffing on Talking Heads, mm. which is, I didn't realize, I didn't know who Talking Heads was, were, yeah. when I was this age, because this came out in 1986 or 80, 87. Yeah. Um, yeah, 86. As a kid... I would have been nine years old. I didn't know who Talking Heads was. Um, but this is very much a play on Talking Heads. And so years later, when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, this sounds a lot like Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. And like he, all the vocal ticks and everything are very much David Byrne at this time. Yeah. It just, it absolutely smacks of Talking Heads. Well, so, you know, Talking Heads, I'm, I'm not familiar with a lot of their stuff. Like you've listened to the song, that's all you need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, really, the only Talking Heads I've heard is uh, "Take Me to the River," and uh, and then whatever they were playing in uh, "Revenge of the Nerds." I don't remember. Yeah, there was there's a part like there's a party going on where they're they're playing uh, "Burning Down the House." Oh, okay. Yeah, and so those are the two Talking Heads songs I know. But yeah, I mean, just I think as a pure pure like. Sonic experience. I think this was quite good. Also, I, I just enjoy the story of being a corporate drone and yes. and loving being a corporate drone. Yes. How happy it makes him. Yes, it's it's good. I love that was it. me at one point, but no longer. I, I mean, I like our current company, but my old company, um, because I was escaping from the law, I was like, yeah, being a corporate drone is the best. <laughs> you make it sound like you were on the run from something. I mean, I was on the run from a terrible profession filled with terrible people. I mean, and then you got into finance? I know. <laughs> it wasn't the best choice. I mean, technically, you're still kind of into finance. I and in, in a much less unsavory portion of the market. It's true. For now, who knows? It might get worse. Yes. 
We could always get worse. Um, so the next one is good enough for now. Okay. Which is very much, unless you had any other thoughts on Doggy no, Dog. Okay. Um, so this is just 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 country love song. Yeah, exactly. And so again, now now the one thing I will say is uh, between one more minute and good enough for now, I had, I had a little trouble differentiating the two initially. They sounded similar to me. Interesting. Yeah. But I mean, they they both do have a, a country sort of sound, but one is more of the like the 1950s country and western kind of thing, whereas this is more with the western removed. Mm. Um, so it's just country, mm. and I guess it would be more familiar to you if you had been around in the 1970s um, and 80s because you really did get a lot of country crossover into. Um, into pop music that was when it first really started mm. um and then it kind of went away for a while until garth brooks came back right. and alan jackson but um like this was the kind of stuff that you would hear possibly on top 40 radio in kansas at that time Interesting. you weren't going to hear it in new york or whatever probably but like you'd hear it here well and you know i, I would say again it's it's not an unpleasant song hmm. but it's again it's like um I guess with the El- with Elvis and like this country, um, at least to me, they they sound very similar. Like they have a very similar vibe to me. Interesting. And so, yeah. so that that makes me wish I had. I was grappling with either putting in Christmas at Ground Zero or another song called Nature Trail to Hell. Oh, what? I kind of wish I would have put in one of those. <laughs> You're good, man. I, I, as I said, this was. This was a song that I least identified with, but, I mean, it's still a solid song. I mean, I enjoy it for the sheer fact that it is nothing but a backhanded compliment over and over and Correct. over. Correct. Correct. But Which, I did enjoy that part. But, yeah, this, it's, now that you say it, it's probably the least remarkable out of all of these, and I kind of wish I would have gone with Christmas at Ground Zero, or uh, I really think I should have gone with Nature Trail to Hell. But I, 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 will, I will add these two to my Weird Al playlist They're, and listen to them. They're each worth listening to at least once. Okay. Um, so the the final one was the one that I was thinking, I really hope he likes this because I think it'll go over well with him. So good. What did you think of Trigger Happy? Loved it. Good. Because, A, this, this is a, a surf rock parody. Yes. I love the Beach Boys and surf rock. Mm-hmm. And I love the, uh, the message of the song, which is anti-gun. Because... Anti-gun I mean, by being ridiculously pro-gun. That is correct. And so, okay, I'm not going to say anti-gun. I'm like anti the people who use guns as a stand-in for a personality. Yeah. It's a parody of homosexuality. Yes, correct. And, um, yeah, I mean, just the, the song itself, I, I probably could have put this one on loop and listened to it for a while. Yeah, this is another one um, along the lines of Dare to be Stupid where I can listen to it you know, kind of at any time, mm-hmm. uh, even nowadays, because it's just, it's fun, it's funny, and it's catchy. And it's very relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, from the time this was made, which is, um, I think this is the Nirvana parody album, so like yeah. early 90s to now, it's not changed Yeah, much. nothing, it's only gotten worse. And so, yeah, we're, we're in squarely, like, relevant political territory here. And, I mean, that's another thing, you know, where Weird Al is... Perhaps a visionary, because, you know, he, I think, maybe saw guns, they're not going to get, the situation won't get better. Hmm. Yeah. 
And as a parodist, I think one of his greatest strengths is that for whatever reason, he seems to understand something or reflect something about us as a society that we don't always see until we're shown it by somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, just the the ridiculously pro-gun, unfortunately, it would not surprise me if this was played as like, you know, a, a, a rah, rah song at like some gun owners meeting. I think you could probably play it at an NRA meeting and oh, they would 100%. enjoy it without a trace of irony. Yeah. They would just be like, Oh hell yeah. This, I don't know about this weird Al guy, but he's not weird to me at all. They'd be like, he's normal Al to us. That's right. <laughs> like he's well adjusted. Al. Exactly. It's like, cause you know, he loves guns as much as I do. Yeah, probably so. So, yeah, those were the ones that I think um, reflect his abilities beyond that of parody, which, again, not to belittle his parody-making skills. Um, but the reason why I think he is underappreciated is because we look at him as a sort of clown prince. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's great. He's the guy who writes the funny songs. Think of your favorite musical artist. And then ask yourself, how many genres do they work in? Correct. Probably one, maybe one, two. Yeah, maybe you know some of the more um, adventurous ones maybe do three or four. Mm-hmm. In just these six, we've seen five, arguably six different genres. Correct. And he does a credible job at the very least in all of them. Yeah. And so, and it's, it's not like he and his band, cause he's had relatively the same band for his entire career. And it's not like they don't bring in ringers. They absolutely, they absolutely do in order to get the, you know, the sound, the sounds that they want and, and whatnot. So they do have other players, but still to be able to make these songs and to create these sonic landscapes and to work in this many genres, and there's other ones that we didn't even touch on, mm-hmm. um, like the aforementioned Nature Trail to Hell, which uh, is, it's something. Okay. <laughs> Just, yeah. You should listen to it. It's definitely something. Um, I think he is somebody who really should be respected, and I think is he it's remarkable. I don't know if he is. I don't, hmm. I mean, he... He On a technical be. level, he qualifies. He should be. But I don't know if he is. It's one of those things, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they're very weirdly picky. Yeah. So I can see, I mean, they, have, they don't have Judas Priest or Iron Maiden in there yet. What? Come on, Rock so, and Roll Hall of Fame. What are you guys talking about? So we don't have really a level of quality control there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he should be, arguably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think these demonstrate that... He is a, an unparalleled talent. Yes, um, and I, I don't think in either of the the ones we're going to be discussing, either of the artists we're going to be discussing across these episodes, I don't know if our regular scale applies because I think both of these artists, mm. neither of these artists need an argument for them. Exactly. I mean, I, their relevance is assured, mm. and I, I think. Anyone should listen to Weird Al, and I think anyone should listen to, to Richard Marx. I think they all have, they both have wonderful things to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly how we are handling these. I think, I think, 
you know, we have to shoehorn. Like, the, this is the gimmick for, for, for this show. And so I think we just give it the cultural touchstone. Okay. And move on. Because they are. This one is. Cultural touchstone. Yeah. I can accept that. Yeah. Because I think, you know, there is not anybody who has existed or has um, experienced American pop culture in the last 40 years, almost 50 now, Hmm. who does not know Weird Al. True. And that's cultural touchstone, man. Agreed. Do you have any other thoughts? I do not. I do not. But, you know, as we mentioned, our next uh, episode will be Richard Marks. And again, it was very much, it was just not, not a single album, but like a playlist. And so, yeah, until, uh, until next time. Do you want to give people the playlist in advance if they want to listen to it? Um, you don't have to, but that's, that's I mean, an option. Yeah, I guess, you know, we could say to, so I'll say this. The songs that we're going to discuss are going to be Endless Summer Nights, Rhythm of Life, Heaven Only Knows. Those are all from his first album. Um, Satisfied, which is from his second album. Keep Coming Back, which is from his uh, uh, third album. And then Silent Scream, which is from the which is from the first clean cut Richard Marks album, which is kind of like when I was out on him at that point. But that uh, those are the songs that we are going to be listening to for the Richard Marks episode. Okay, so cue that up. Listen to it. Do your homework. We'll be ready to discuss those six songs, and we'll ask about Richard Marks. Is he any good? That's up to you to We'll decide next time. Yes, sir. All right, we'll see you then. This Peace. immediately. Watch this immediately.